It's an older gay guy show. An older gay guy show podcast. It's an older gay guy show. An older gay guy show podcast. This is an older gay guy show, and I am your host, Joey Hernandez. I've been a personal trainer for over 30 years. I've trained hundreds of clients doing thousands of appointments, and now I'm host of this show. Please join me each week as we discuss many topics concerning gay life as we age. Hey, we may be getting older, but we ain't going down without a fight. Well, hello, my playmates. You know, (laughs) that introduction still just tickles the crap out of me. I love that introduction. A lot of people think it's really stupid, but whatever. It entertains me. It's my show. That's what's important. This is Joey Hernandez, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. A couple things here in the introduction I wanted to mention. First off, um, my YouTube channel for this show an older gay guy show. Thank you so much. I've had a number of watches of that video that I posted. I've got 11 subscribers. Yeehaw! (laughs) And I hope that uh, more of you will check out the channel and more of you will come on board as I do more videos. I just did a quick introduction video in that first one. And the introduction at the beginning where I show a bunch of photos, that's not going to be there all the time. I just wanted that to be on there at the beginning because all of those photos were taken while I was in my 50s. I, th- I think the only exception is the black and white torso shot. And I think I was 49 when that was taken. A couple photos were done for publicity the main photo that has the title of the podcast when I'm in a red tank top. And then uh, the second one, which I was in a blue shirt when that was shot, those were, quote, fixed, unquote, by a friend of mine um, who I think over, over photoshopped them. So I have uh, perfect skin, to say the least. But the rest of them are untouched, and it's just photos of me. And and I thought as I went along that I would mention that I was in my 50s on all those photos to show you that no matter where you're at in your journey of life, if you're trying to improve your body, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to build muscle, all of that shit, I just wanted you to be able to see that it is possible even into your 50s. And I'll do more photos of how I look currently once I drop a few more pounds. So I I do want to thank everyone that has gone to the YouTube channel to check out that video. Thank you so much. Thank you for the subscribers. And just so you know, also, I have the 11 subscribers. When you subscribe to that, unless you have a YouTube profile, I do not find out who you are. So you subscribe completely anonymously. There's only two of the 11 that have YouTube profiles, and I actually get those people's names. But 
for the most part, the majority of people that will subscribe, just as the people that are subscribing to this podcast, I get a listing that somebody is a subscriber, but I do not find out who you are. So don't in any way fear that by subscribing to the podcast or the YouTube channel that you're giving any personal information because you are not. And secondly, if you know me, you know I changed my mind a lot. And this podcast was supposed to be a follow-up to the last one, and this was going to be about older and younger gay relationships. That is going to be coming. I just wanted to do a couple episodes about a couple other things before I got into that subject. So today's subject and the next one are going to not be that, and then I hope to get back on track with the younger, older relationships by episode number 25. But today's subject, I think, is really important. I know I always say that, but why would I do an episode that I didn't feel was important? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that would make sense. So I will say that I feel like today's episode is pretty important. And I'm going to tell another personal story. I'm going to um, let you know that I've done over 100 episodes of my other podcast, beginner diet and fitness podcast. And now I've done 23 of this podcast. And I have to admit, sometimes I don't remember if I've told a story or not. And I don't have the enthusiasm to go back and listen to all the different podcasts to try to figure it out. So if I'm repeating a story, I do apologize, but I, I think it's pretty important and it's going to have to do with our subject today. So, without any further ado, my name is Joey Hernandez, and this is Self-Esteem As We Age, the 23rd episode of An Old Gay Guy Show. So while I always strive to speak to each of you in these podcasts, I received an email this week from a gentleman that I will call Denver, and it prompted me to decide to do this episode. And let me say first off, Denver, thank you so much for actually listening to all of the different podcasts all the episodes of Beginner Diet and Fitness Podcast, as well as all the episodes of An Older Gay Guy Show. Bless you for actually <laughs> caring enough to listen to everything. I really appreciate that. And thank you for the kind words about how it has helped you. But now I'd like to take that topic and expand it a bit more and speak to everyone about this subject. And it's about self-esteem and one's image of oneself as we age. Now, let me go back and I'm going to tell a story about growing up again. And just bear with me if you might have heard this. Uh, as I mentioned frequently, my parents died when I was a teenager and I was on my own um, at a very early age. And after my father had died when I was 12 and I started at junior high school, we, we had six years of elementary school, two years of junior high school, and then four years of high school. 
I know that's different probably in today's world with middle schools and different things like that. But we had what was called junior high for two years. And that's right at the time when you're going through puberty and you're getting all these different sexual thoughts and and all kinds of things were going on in my head. And my father died while I was in seventh grade, just as I had started seventh grade. And it really threw off my world. And during that time, I had really become very introverted. I didn't feel that I liked myself very much. I felt that I was flawed. And beginning to look into being gay and reading up about it, it didn't really help. Because if you went to an encyclopedia or you went to that book I talked about, um, everything you always wanted to know about sex, homosexuality was really looked at as a disease, as a mental illness that should be cured or at least dealt with in therapy. And at that age, with my father just having died, my mother was busy with trying to figure out how she was going to support the family. I really became very lost. I grew up being what I'm going to call a sissy. And I have the right to use that word. I'm gay. I have accepted that as part of my growing up. And in demonstration of what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to say that I grew up being a sissy. I grew up being protected as the youngest child in the family. My father had died. My mother didn't make me do anything. I certainly didn't go out for sports. I certainly didn't have a large group of friends by any means. When I was 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, I just wanted to be left alone. For me, my escape was television. I loved the TV series of the 1960s and the 1970s. And when I was at school, I tried to be invisible. I tried to just have people not even notice me, not bother me, not talk to me, not pick on me. And all I wanted when I was in school during the day, all I could think of was I wanted to get home and I wanted to watch Dark Shadows, which was my favorite show. And I was obsessed with it. And so I would go home after school and I would watch Dark Shadows. And then I would tend to watch some of the other afternoon stuff that was on TV until it got to the nighttime when it was all those shows that meant so much to me. Petticoat Junction, The Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, Lost in Space, Batman, uh, I Dream a Genie, Bewitched. All these series were the escapes for me. And it's kind of funny because now that there are TV stations that carry those shows in reruns now, you can pretty much watch any of those at any time. I've noticed that there are certain television shows that when the introduction music starts, I feel this chill down my spine. And it took me a little while to figure it out. And I realized that the shows that have this introduction music that I kind of get this flush, this panic about, 
were the shows that would have been on just as I had to go to bed and then go to sleep and get up and go through that hell of a day in junior high school. And one of the shows is Green Acres. And, you know, there's a famous song about it. And that was on just as I had to go to bed. And I would get into my bed and I could hear the downstairs TV going. And I would hear the music for Green Acres. And to me, that established this connection of when I hear that music, it means that I now have to go through such a hell of a day. I was never blatantly beat up or had anything that a lot of people go through with bullies. I had kind of a um, more reserved bullying to me. And I think a lot of you can relate to this. You know, if you're walking home or you're walking through town and there's a group of kids from school, probably a couple years older, and they're all hanging out together, right, say, right near a fence at the edge of the sidewalk or something. As I would walk down that sidewalk, I would panic because I knew that I couldn't walk by without people saying something to me. Oh, there goes the little fag. Oh, sissy boy, swing those hips. Oh, you carry your books like a girl. And it was just taunting. You know, it was just verbal taunting to me. Maybe once in a while somebody might stand up and like push me or something like that. And I'd just keep walking and try to keep my head down and try to be invisible. I just wanted to disappear. I didn't want to be there. And starting at that age, all the way really into my late 30s, there were various times when I contemplated suicide. I felt that life was so difficult and so overwhelming and that I was going to always be alone. That I just wanted at times to just escape and, and go be with my parents if there is an afterlife or if there's not an afterlife and there's just nothingness, well, then I won't even know, but the pain would be over. Fortunately, I never really followed through on any of that, but I have to say that well over a dozen times I had seriously contemplated it over the years. And so I got through junior high being alone, making up my own stories as I would go out in the woods that were around my home. I played a lot by myself and I would make up stories about lost in space and dark shadows. And I would, I would play the different parts and I would be speaking out loud. And, and probably if I was observed as this kid walking around in the woods, just talking to himself and pretending there were doors opening and closing and going upstairs. And I, I really tried to create myself into that television world just to escape because I, I just didn't want reality. I, I just couldn't handle it. I got through junior high and I went into high school and things got a little bit better. I got involved in musical groups. I got involved in drama. Big surprise, gay guy into music and drama. But I got a core of friends. Um, I got a car when I was 16. I had a girlfriend 
And so I went to parties and I socialized and I had a better life, but there were still the people that were what I considered to be above me, the jocks in school, you know, the really popular kids, the ones that everybody would hope would come to one of the parties. I, I kind of felt like I was an outsider looking in, but I did know that certainly things were better than they had been in junior high school. And I was somewhat popular. I was doing a little bit of weightlifting in my basement. I enjoyed that very much. And things were just better. It wasn't until college where I studied music that I really began to feel a little bit better about myself, a little bit more self-esteem, that I was in fact not a flawed person. I was different. I was kind of riding the fence between being gay and being straight because I was on my own. I thought what I should do is to marry a woman, have children, and then I wouldn't be alone. And as for sex with guys, I was doing it, but I don't think that I really thought about what would happen if I had a family and if I needed to continue to have sex with guys. It just wasn't something that crossed my mind at the time. But once I broke up with my girlfriend and I was continuing to lift weights and I knew now that I was going to be gay, I knew it was going to be hard in life, but at least I didn't have family. I didn't have parents that would give me a problem because I was gay. A lot of my friends that were gay were dealing with that rejection, with that, all that drama of what you have to go through when you come out to your parents at a young age. I didn't have to deal with that. And that was a relief to me. And that was the first moment where I think I started being somewhat relieved that I didn't have parents, that I didn't have a close family, that I was off on my own. And once I had broken up with this girl, I decided that I wanted to have a boyfriend, that I imagined my life settling down with someone and having a marriage, but to a guy. And this was in the you know mid seventies and that just wasn't a reality at the time, but it was a dream that I had. And it was something that I hoped would come to me eventually in life. At this time, I was doing different temp jobs because I was in college. And although I had the money for college, I needed to support myself. And so I was working different temp jobs while I was doing college. And one of these jobs was I was working for a marketing firm. And back then, of course, there was no computers, there was no emails. So everything was done inter-office, written, and um, I had to do various administrative stuff, filing stuff and sending letters to different people and sending the inter-office mail and all of that. And I started really studying some of the marketing techniques that this company would use. I always found that interesting. And to this day, when I see commercials, 
where they have those, you know, they have little stories in, in a commercial, right? And at the conclusion of it, that's when they bring the product forward and let you know that your life could be like this if you use this product. You know, it, it's kind of like there are women, right? There might be a commercial for a woman who's a single mother who's working in the corporate world and she's working her way up the corporate ladder and she uh, she goes to interviews and and she presents her resume and everybody is like, oh, this resume is wonderful. This resume is perfect for what we're looking for. You have the experience. You have the look. You are the person that we, we would like to have. What kind of tampon do you use? <laughs> and the woman might say, oh, I use XYZ tampon. Oh, I'm sorry. You have all the experience. You're perfect for the job, but you use the wrong tampon. Those kind of commercials where they pull you in at the beginning and then they present the products. I always found that to be very interesting. The way that those were done to pull you in emotionally. And I was out one time after work. It was a Friday night and I was dressed kind of in a shirt and tie and dress pants and nothing really, right? At the time, I was losing my hair, so I had a very thin hair on top of my head, and I was still pretty unnoticeable. You know, I kind of faded into the background, and I didn't mind that. And I was out at this club on Friday, and I stayed all the way until the evening was starting, and they had a group of guys that came in that were all these, like, jock kind of guys there was like three or four maybe maybe five of them and once they arrived everybody in the room's attention started going to them and I could see guys like talking to someone next to them you know pointing at those guys or they might um, walk by them very slowly and trying to get a good look at them but trying to you know make it look like they're not really trying to get a look at them. It was obvious that these guys had all the air sucked out of the room when they walked in because everybody's attention was on them. And I was sitting against the wall and I had had a couple drinks. I was watching these guys and I was thinking about that marketing job. And so I started looking at these guys and I started picking apart the different things about them. How did they look? How was their hair? How did they dress? How did they speak? How did they stand? And I started really studying the people that were the ones that were attractive in a bar. And then I would go to other bars over the next few months. And I'd do the same thing. I'd really watch the people that had the attention on them. What was it about them that gave them this attention from people? Sometimes they weren't very good looking. Sometimes they weren't very muscular. But something about the way that they carried themselves, the attitude they had, that was what drew people into them. 
And so I started looking at it from a marketing sense and saying, okay, if I did the same thing that they're doing, if I presented myself the same way, if I dressed more like them, if I stood around like them, if I made sure, you know, I had a beer bottle in my hand instead of a mixed drink. I mean, just small little things that I noticed were common denominators amongst all these people that were so popular and had the attention on them. And then I was at a party and I was drinking, a bunch of other people were drinking, and this guy that obviously lifted weights came over and he was taking a bottle of beer out of a trash can with ice that was right near me. And he looked at me and I was drinking a beer at the time. So my arm was up and this guy said, wow, dude, you know, you got really nice arm there. You know, you, you lift. And so we started talking a little bit about lifting weights and a light bulb went off in my head and I'm like, that's it. This is my ticket to how I'm going to get a boyfriend, how I'm going to get a husband, how I'm going to finally be happy in life. And so I started lifting very aggressively. I started dressing more like a jock. I started hanging around people that were a little bit more like that, not the extremes, because I've never liked the extremes, but just people that had confidence, had self-esteem. And there is a psychological exercise that you can do when you want to change a behavior about yourself. And it's, it's called acting as if, at least that's what I know it as. I think the other terms are used now, but I knew it as acting as if. In other words, if you feel like you want to be viewed as a jock, but you aren't there yet, right? You don't really feel in your heart that you're there. If you go out and you act as if you already are that, you already are this jock, it's kind of like playing a part, you know, playing a part and acting something out. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a regular part of your personality. And people are attracted to that, at least in my case, they were. I'm, I'm not any Adonis in how I look. I have an average looking face. I have a slightly above average body. But what I do have and what I've developed over the years is a very strong, dominant personality. And that came about because of this acting as if I was a jock. I became a jock, just a jock that doesn't happen to watch sports or play sports. But I like the individual stuff. You know, I like running and I, I like uh, um, certainly weightlifting and bodybuilding and MMA and uh, American Ninja Warrior, all that kind of individual stuff. I love people pushing themselves to their physical and mental limits. And so I started acting this part. And what happened was a lot of people became very attracted to me. And therefore, 
as someone that was alone, someone that wanted a boyfriend, someone that wanted a husband, I, I want to say I made the mistakes of sleeping with a lot of people, but I don't like to say that I've made mistakes. I don't like anyone to say that they've made mistakes because everything that we have done, whether it be positive and good or viewed negatively as bad, every one of those circumstances had to happen in order for us to come to be who we are today. And I like myself today. I feel I'm a good person today. I feel that I am as valuable as any other person today. I don't feel that I'm better than anyone. But I do feel I'm as good as anyone. And the fact that I was able to sleep with a lot of guys and had a lot of boyfriends here and there, over the years it really didn't mean very much. If you've ever been on the sidelines and, and watched strippers at a bar, right? These guys that are stripping with these beautiful bodies. You know, you may say to yourself, oh, wow, you know, they have the life. They're just adored. They can have any dick they want. They can have any pussy they want. You know, these guys are spectacular. I've worked at enough bars and clubs to see the behind the scenes of those people. And those guys are a fucking mess. A lot of them are straight and or bisexual. They have girlfriends or baby mamas or whatever. And they love the adulation from guys. They love the attention. They love being worshipped. And they do what they have to do to make money. But behind the scenes, in back, before they come out to strip, these guys are doing lines of cocaine. These guys are doing shots. They're arguing on the phone with their, you know, their girlfriend or their girlfriend's there behind the stage with them. And their life are messes because their life is totally based on their physical appearance. That's the most important thing. And for a big period of my life, that was the most important thing to me, how I looked. I wouldn't go out if I hadn't lifted weights just before I went out. Because when people would talk about people in life, you know, you're with your friends, you might talk about other people. So many times I would hear people say, oh, you know, this guy's so nice. And, oh, this guy has a heart of gold. He does so much for other people. Da, da, da. And when my name would come up, if I heard someone talking about me, it was usually like, oh, Joey's got a really nice body. <laughs> they never said Joey's a nice guy. They never said Joey has a good heart. And so at that point in my life, I wanted not the physicality. I wanted to be remembered when I die as someone that was kind, that had empathy, that was someone enjoyable to be with because I made you feel good about being yourself. I, I wanted that. 
And based on my family history, you know, I'm taking my pulse every 10 minutes thinking, oh, I'm going to drop dead any moment. So I, there was a, a time factor in that I, I wanted to get it done. You know, I wanted to not be so concerned about my physical appearance and be more concerned about how I come across to people, how I interact with people, the things that I can do for people. And so in the last 10 years of my life, I'm a personal trainer. I have to work out. People come to me because I work out. So I do that, and I still love that. But it has become less of a priority for me. I wanted to be thought of as a kind person. And so in the last years, that's what I've strived for. And even doing these podcasts, because they're free, because I will never charge any money for anything, I, I would like to think that I'm entertaining you a little bit or I might be helping you by telling you some stories about my life and um, just some ideas in my head. I'm not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're wrong. Just things to think about, I guess. And then once I turned 50, I pretty much was happy with my life. You know, I was going out, I was dancing by myself. I would always go out and dance by myself, sometimes on boxes, sometimes on the, the weight floor. I'd have sunglasses, the weight floor, <laughs> the dance floor. I'd have sunglasses on and in my own world. I had my apartment here. I had my beautiful cats. I had friends. Life was really good. And I thought to myself, you know, if I have to go through the rest of my life exactly like it is right now, I am completely happy. As a matter of fact, the five years prior to me meeting my husband, I didn't even have sex once in five years. You know, I jacked off, obviously, but I didn't hook up with anyone in five years. And then I met my husband. And... I think, I think, I've thought a lot about this. I think I met my husband because I came to a point where I was completely happy in my life being alone. And because I was self-sufficient, because I wasn't emotionally needy, because I wasn't desperate to not be alone, that's when he came across to me. He was not that into the fact that I worked out. He appreciated it. I've helped him work out, and he's gotten quite into it and is enjoying it on his own. Um, it's really not anything I have anything to do with other than some encouragement. And he is truly the kindest person that I have ever met. In fact, everybody else says he's the kindest person they've ever met. And I now feel that I deserve that in my life. In fact, part of my wedding vow to him a year ago, just almost a complete year ago, one of my things that I said in, in my vows was I said, you know, my life has been very difficult since my parents died. There have been a lot of highs and very happy things but there's been some really terrible, depressing 
awful things in life. And I told him in those vows that I would go through all the difficulties of my life a thousand times over again if I knew that he was at the end. That all of the things that I was doing were creating me to be the kind of person that he wants to marry. And I, I really meant that. In fact, I, I teared up a little bit as I was saying it. All of the things that I did to create my physicality, I'm not sorry that I did it because I love the process of fitness and I love the process of helping people with it. And my body was a way for, for people to initially come and talk to me or interact with me, which opened the door to meeting a lot of different people and the potential for relationships. So I'm not sorry that I, I created my physical body the way that I did, but in the long run, it has nothing to do with the happiness that I've been able to achieve at the end here. Well, hopefully it's not the end here. <laughs> Another 20 years would be nice, but even if there isn't, if I died tomorrow or today, during this podcast, if I die, I feel that I've come away from the shallowness of the, of the physical being and I've been able to finally at least step my toes in the water of becoming a kinder, gentler human being that I'm able to interact and that people actually like me. Sounds, sounds like Sally Field in that Oscar thing. You like me. You really like me. But it, it, I didn't feel that for all those years. I felt like people were attracted to me. People wanted to have sex with me, but not really liked me all that much. And now I've changed that. And I, I, I guess there's two points I'm trying to make in this podcast. Number one, if you've stood on the sidelines and you've watched people that have these built bodies and you dream of, oh, I wish I could be that. I wish I could be them. Their lives are better than mine. They're not. They're not. I don't know anyone that works really hard on their body and has, you know, a certain appearance that doesn't have deep-seated insecurities, self-esteem issues, a panic about aging because they're going to lose that body. They have very shallow friends. If they do have boyfriends, a lot of times when you see two really hot guys together, you know, you think, oh, wow, that's hot. You know, they're, they're perfect for each other. The, I see so often that one of them is always going to be considered to be a little bit more good looking, a little bit bigger a little bit more popular. And the other one, which is certainly no one to, to kick out of your bed, is beautiful unto himself, is always worried because he's not as good as his perfect partner. And there's a strain there. And they want other people to be attracted to them. And therefore, 
because these people are attracted to them, they might have sex outside the relationship and it puts a stress on it. And is, is he going to leave me for somebody who's bigger and better looking? Those people are not happy either, <laughs> for the most part. So don't dream of being that. If you think that that life is so great, it's not. But, but, to my second point here, you can create whatever you want. If you want to look better, you want to be more muscular, you want to lose weight, you have that power within you at all times. It has to be important enough that you prioritize it. And you have to do it for yourself, not for someone else. But in improving your health and improving your body, one of the side effects <laughs> are that people are going to be attracted more to you. And you're going to have more opportunity to meet people or to have sex with people or whatever your goal is. But hopefully, us being, the majority of us being over 40, that are within the sound of my voice. Hopefully, we want to improve our bodies, but at the same time, we want to improve ourselves as a whole being. And I've done a few episodes where I've talked about becoming kinder and more empathy. That's something that I have strived for. And I think it's part of what makes someone complete. So the pursuit of the body is fine as long as that doesn't become your self-worth. And it can be. It, it, I think in, in the gay life, in, gay, in the gay community, it can become a way to define you. And... At the same time, for people that are looking for relationships, you know, that are alone, that are in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s and you feel alone and you're not happy about that, you can change that. You can change that. But you have to be proactive about it. No one's going to knock on your door and say, hey, I want to be your boyfriend. Rarely, rarely does that happen. Probably happens in one of those tampon commercials or something. But you have to be proactive about it. You have to go out. You have to be willing to meet people. You have to be willing to meet people and go on dates that seem horrible and ridiculous and you don't even know why you're doing it. But sometimes you have to keep doing it and keep doing it until someone comes into your life. And I think that the more you concentrate on improving yourself, both physically if you want, but emotionally and your, your personality in general, how you project yourself to people, how people see you, I think that's the defining key for getting a relationship. And then, of course, you have to work on it over and over and over and over again. My husband had a 10-year relationship before me. He's way ahead of me of what was possible in a relationship. I'm still learning. You know, I had never hit a year before him. I had never been in a relationship for a year before I had met my husband. So 
we're together four years now. For me, that's a lifetime and I'm still learning, but I know more of the priorities. I want to keep myself looking decent for him. I want to keep myself as healthy as possible so that I can avoid my family curse. But more than anything, I want to learn from him and from everyone else that I can about how to be a kinder person, to have more friends, to do things for people without any expectations of something in return. That has become my passion in life. So I know that self-esteem can be difficult as we age. We're looking in the mirror, and if we're not in a relationship, we're looking in the mirror, we're looking at the wrinkles happen, we're looking at the gray hair happening, and sometimes we can't imagine that anyone would want to be with us. But you can change any of that. You can take the, the core person that you are, and if there are attributes about other people that you wish you could be like, you really can be like that if you want to. You act as if you already are. And that takes practice, believe me. That takes practice over and over and over again before you begin to even feel a little bit like you're not being a phony. But it can be integrated into your personality and it can make all the difference in the world. Marketing yourself, yet at the same time, taking care of yourself for you and finding the happiness that if you do have to be alone for the rest of your life, Try not to look at it as, oh, the world has been unjust to me. Here I am alone and lonely and miserable. You can do something about it. It's hard. I know it's hard. Believe me, I know it's hard. But each morning when you get up, you can try to say, okay, I'm going to be more like this today and keep it in the foreground of your mind. I want to talk more about this in another episode because I'm not sure that I'm getting my words out the way I want to. But the email from Denver, it really touched my heart. And I know from where this gentleman comes from. I know the quest for the body. I know the fight about food and gaining weight. I know how difficult it can all be. But if we can tie our self-esteem more into the kindness that is within us, instead of how we look, I think that really helps. Okay, thank you for listening to me for 47 minutes. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Anyway, I will leave you with that. Um, thank you again for listening. Thank you again for subscribing. I love to have you all. You mean so, so much to me. I could never really explain how much it means to me when I hear from you. 
when you choose to tell me your stories. My email address is the name of the show, an older gay guy show at gmail.com. You can always, always, always send me an email. And on YouTube, an older gay guy show. And the other podcast, should you desire diet and fitness information. And we're starting a diet the month here in October. We're going to lose some weight between now and Christmas. Or Thanksgiving, actually. So if you want to be a part of that, beginner diet and fitness podcast. Come on board there as well. I'll be back with another episode. And I'll be back with another YouTube video this next week. I hope to see you all there. Meanwhile, blessings to all of you. This is Joey Hernandez. See ya. Mm-hmm.